three, two, one. What's going on, folks? Welcome to 34 Questions. I'm your host, 34. And tonight, I have a very special guest. Mr. Doug Crow is in the building. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good, thank you. For sure, for sure. Um, for the folks out there who are unfamiliar with the flow of the show, we have some intro questions, um, some warm-up questions just to set the tone of the conversation. And then we'll jump into the main portion of the interview. Sound good to you? You betcha. All right. Well, my very first question for you is, uh, how have you been? Living in crazy times. Uh, you've been doing well. Been going through it. How you been lately? I've been doing great. I uh, I tend not to participate in things that don't serve me. So people talk about some crazy times, but I I just not participating as much as I as as most people. I think. So. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Um, you know, like. I in not participating with what everything that's going on and trying to stay focused yeah. on uh you know my goals it's it's I don't know if is that a would you say that's a good thing or one should strive to do that because we can get caught up in like all the external stuff right yeah um to be really clear I'm not saying that what's going on hasn't happened um my my commentary is that the drama associated with it exceeds what would possibly serve me and my life and my family so um, I don't watch the news. I don't go on social media, social media for more than five minutes a day. And I'm focusing on my client work and my health and, um, life is wonderful. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, before we go any further, I do have a couple icebreakers for you. Uh, the go first, the first one is a one word spelling bee. And, um, your word is handkerchief. Handkerchief. H A N K anchor E R C H I E F. You're, you're missing one letter. Yeah, one more chance. Anchor chief. Come on. H A N K E R, anchor chief C H I E F. No, what I miss? Yeah, uh, the, the letter D. There's a, it's a hand, like handkerchief. Oh, yeah. hand, handkerchief. That makes sense because you hold it in your hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, we all get lazy with spell check nowadays. You know, we don't focus on those fundamentals. That's too bad. I, I'm embarrassed, but that's just life. That's okay. No, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, I wonder how much time we've saved not having to learn how to spell. <laughs> and yes. And how, yeah, well, it's, it, it'd be better if we actually could learn and not, not make mistakes. We wouldn't have to bother with spell check and grammarly, but it's okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then the next one is a riddle. How, how, okay. how are you with riddles? I'm not that good. My, my girlfriend's much better at that. She's uh, probably Mensa qualified on that stuff. I'm, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm a critical thinker, but I take more time and the ones that are like plan words, I get about half of them. So fire away. We'll see how I, how I do. All right. This one is the day before yesterday, I was 21 mm -hmm. and next year I will be 24. When mm -hmm. is my birthday? February twenty, February twenty uh, ninth. It's actually uh, December thirty first. So that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, thank you for. Oh yeah. Do you want? I had to think it through. Free. Okay. Feel free. Feel free. <laughs> the day before yesterday, which is today, right? So no, um, not the literally. Two days. Not literally today. This is just more so uh, in part of the the riddle. That's uh, that, that's the the wording, the phrasing. I'm not saying literally today. I'm saying more okay. so, yeah. So it's the the day before yesterday, I was 21. Yeah. And next year I'll be 24. When is my birthday? You know, I I I 
I gotta write it down. I have, my girlfriend get it instantly. I no problem, no problem. I don't know why it wouldn't be a, why it wouldn't be the. All right. Well, uh, thanks. Thank you for trying. It's definitely <laughs> no problem. All right. Um... Feeling miserably. I can't spell. I can't do riddles. <laughs> That this is the only part of the the podcast where there's actually correct answers. Everything else, oh. there's, no, there's no right okay, answers. Okay, good. So well, no stay worries. tuned, folks. It's gonna get better. Okay. <laughs> uh, moving on to some more warm up questions. This sure. next one is, uh, what would you like the audience to know about you? Oh well, you know, I'm um, I'm a very uh, diverse individual. I've had uh, many businesses, um, many hobbies. Uh, been to 42 countries, uh, all seven continents. I love people's stories and I love helping them leverage their stories into things that make a difference in the world. That's probably the biggest thing I want to convey is that everyone is here for um, a reason for sure. We don't know what it is and figuring out is, is part of the journey, I guess. So I love, I love listening to people's stories. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, my second question in the warm up is if someone were to pay you a tribute, how could how would you like to be honored? So if I was going to tell myself today I'm going to do something in the honor of Doug, what could I do? Oh my gosh, I have so many uh, charities and, and nonprofits that I'm passionate about. I would say, you know, don't don't give them any money. Do something more important. Give them your time. Um, it could be you know battered women, the environment, veterans. There's whatever whatever charity you're into. People tend to you know write a check and be done with it in a moment. But investing your time into it by volunteering, spending a day or a weekend or a retreat or something, so much more powerful in my opinion. So go volunteer, go do something fun. For sure. Now we know. Now we know. Uh, and then my last question of the warm up is: on a scale from one to ten, how well do you know yourself? Ooh, uh, solid, solid nine. Care to elaborate on uh, why nine? Well, yeah, I've always I've always been a fan of the expression, um, "Your greatest strength is also your greatest weakness," and I'm very clear about what that is for me. So I know that's a, a foundational element of who I am. We're all we all op operate uh, subconsciously for the most part, and the more I study psychology and human interaction and our nature and nurture and stuff, it just is a fascinating topic. So I'm nowhere near a ten. I'm not, you know floating in the air and light, enlightened or anything, but I do understand what makes people tick and what makes them, you know, do certain things and myself included. In your, uh, in your personal opinion, how much do you think we're made up of nature versus nurture? You know, I'm going to go 50, 50. That's a, that's a safe answer. <laughs> um, and it's, it's weird though, because you come across stories of like, I've got some clients who have, you know, done time, drug addicts, you know, horrible experiences. And they've risen above it, started a company, um, gotten completely clean, raised family and all that. And there are just as many stories of people wallow in their misery or their victimhood and stay there and they can't get out. So is that nature or nurture that pulled them out? Hmm. You know, it's, it's a my fair lady question, you know, or trading places. It's, it's a very common theme. We don't really know which things. And there's a lot of studies on this, which what is um changeable in our nature and nurture right we can i'm i'm listening to atomic habits right now and finding out well the the habits of our activity can be done broken down to micro habits like the habits of our tasks is one thing but the habits of character are much broader there's so much to learn about nature versus nurture so for right now you know i'm not a psychologist i just studied a lot and i'm going to go 50 50 on my answer I'd go the same way, honestly. If you're yeah. gonna ask me the, the question, I'd 
I think me yeah. personally is 50-50, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what would you say is your favorite thing about your personality? Um, I'm um, excruciatingly positive, um, like to a fault where I, I can tell when someone's the exact opposite of me, how irritating I must be. Um, there's an old story my dad tells about two twin boys and one of them is really pessimistic and one's optimistic. And the scientists are studying them, what's going on here? And they put the, uh, the, the um, pessimistic kid in a room full of toys, whatever he wanted, right? And they put the optimistic kid in a room full of horse manure. And they went and let him in there for an hour. And the little boy who was pessimistic, sitting in a room full of toys, all disgruntled, didn't do a thing, just sitting there like angry. And the positive boy is digging through horse manure, just having the time of his life. And they go in there after an hour and say, what are you doing? And the boy who is pessimistic says, oh, these toys, I'll probably play with them, I'll break them, and then they're going to charge me for it. They ask the positive kid, you're digging in this horse manure, what are you doing? He said, with all this manure, there must be a pony in here somewhere. So I'm the kid looking for a pony. That's why your first question about the, the how am I doing during the pandemic is like, I don't know. I'm not participating in the drama. So, yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm yeah. with you on that same boat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've, I've actually some people have told me there I could be toxic positivity. I don't know if uh, you've ever heard that term. or. Um, no. And I'll just I would just I, then I would not be so positive. I'd say, where'd you make this term up? Well, how can that how? I mean, there's Pollyanna, right? The, the Pollyanna syndrome of being so positive that you miss out on reality which isn't a bad thing but i don't understand how the word toxic and positivity belong in the same phrase did they elaborate what that is because i've never heard that before uh not necessarily it was just something it was quick in the conversation it kind of drew me back because i was like oh wait like i didn't know <laughs> i didn't know it could that could be a thing but i guess there are people who can see it that way and it could be the our opposites you know uh who, who kind of view it that way I, I i pity the fool who thinks that there's such thing as toxic positivity i i can see it being i can see it being irritating or pollyanna or like okay you're not living reality but toxic give me a break uh, give me some more of that toxicity i like that positivity <laughs> I feel you, man. I feel you. Uh, would you say you've always been this way? Like you were born positive or was it something where you had to? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, um, I was born this way to a large degree. It was reinforced by some of my education outside of school. I, uh, I was a fortunate enough to enroll in the Dale Carnegie uh, course in human relations and public speaking at a young age and uh, met up with a guy named Warren Knox, who was Really, he, he, he might have been an alien. He was so positive. He's like, whoa, this guy is like everything is. And he's authentic. He's charming. He's positive. It's like, are you a human being? You know, it's hard. And um, he that was a real guy. That was really him. And people like that, just they're charismatic. So, yeah, um, I've always been that way. And I want to increase it because sometimes, I you know, I am human. And I've, I've, I've occasionally snap or, or go sad and negative on occasion. I'm not perfect. But um, yeah, I like being positive. It's fun. It's much. Hey, given a choice, which which, which one are you gonna go with? Oh, def definitely more positive. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's easy, easy choice. Easy choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, I, f I feel like that's something. 
I, I think I've always been positive, but mm-hmm. unsure of how much to embrace it because I always wanted to kind of like, like you said that I, I forgot the term you used, but as far as like getting out of touch re- with reality, which you know, it's uh, you can Google Pollyanna, P O L L Y A N A. I think I spelled that one right, but maybe there's two N's. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, there's a there's a you know, there's a book on it. The Pollyanna, everything's always always happy, and the Pollyanna effect is a psychological term used for people who are just uh, you know always um to you know positive to a fault i guess but not toxic i got you and yeah yeah, in my mind i think if if you're gonna fully embrace who you are there are extremes and if i'm gonna fully embrace who i am might as well be positive you know absolutely Uh, i'm all for it all right uh well thank you for those quality answers already starting off on a on on the right foot uh great Moving on to the main portion of the interview, where you choose a number between one and thirty-four. Would right. you like? There's three levels: easy, medium, and hard. Which one would you like to go for? Oh, go, with, go with the hard ones. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, go ahead, choose a number. Seventeen. Seventeen. Uh, what is your love language? Ooh, great question. Um, you know, it's changed over the years. Of the five love languages, the bottom of the world, bottom of them is, uh, you know, gifts, acts of service. It's probably words of affirmation and touch. I go back and forth on, you know, with that. I would say er, words of affirmation is probably number one and then physical touch. And you said that you that's changed for you? Like it wasn't Yes. Um, as you go through life, um, you have to, it's a great book, by the way, if you haven't read it. So read the five love languages if, uh, if you haven't read it. But there's um, there's different stages of your life when you're you know teens, thirties, forties, fifties, and so on. And as you, if you're a student like I am, I'm a perpetual student, always learning things. As you grow and evolve, I believe your love language. You might have been, you know, I had you know a physical touch when I was in my thirties, right? And then as I matured and grew my business, I'm like, oh, the other currency I like is when my clients, you know. You know, say, hey, great job. I really appreciate you. That's like, oh, that's another currency of mine. So that one's super important to me from my clients and, and friends and yeah. family too, I suppose. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, yeah that's definitely not something I realized. Like I'm aware of the la- yeah. languages. I wasn't aware how, how they could change. Right. Yeah, well, a physical touch, I generally, generally associate with romance, not with um, other relationships, right? Like, you know, family and friends and business clients. I don't really want to be hugging on them all day long. So that's why I said affirmation is probably number one. Physical touch is my internal language for, you know, romantically, of course, I'd like, like that a lot. I got you. Yeah. Go ahead and uh, throw me another number. Uh, four. Four. How would you define ego? Ooh. Well, there's the ids, super id. There's all different things on Freud. Um, ego probably could be defined as... Um, you know, I go back to your question about self-awareness, right? How you um, how you perceive yourself, positively or negatively or neutral, or maybe depending on the situation, would be um, a foundational element of your ego. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how would you say your ego has helped you? Great question. So some days I'm extremely confident, and it serves me well because I can convey that to my clients and they go this is a guy i want to work with other times when i'm unsure um i generally don't reveal that and i'm quiet about it or i delay uh maybe on a fitness routine or a new project or something so confidence um and my ego is are they you know they go hand in hand 
<laughs> no doubt. Have yeah. uh, being so positive, have you ever had an issue with confidence or, you know, again, born with it? <laughs> oh yeah, no. Um my my life has not been a straight trajectory up, you know, there's a couple of dips along the way. And uh, you know, the major one was the 2008 financial crash where my multi-million dollar 20-year real estate portfolio vanished in nine months. I had, you know, 19 foreclosures, personal bankruptcy, divorce, uh, seriously contemplated suicide, broken as a human being. All the self-development books I've read over the years, I hated them all for about a good year. So I've had had a, uh, you know, perfect life, but I've made, you know, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, lemonade out of the lemons, of course. So, I got you. Yeah. Uh, th- thank you for sharing. Um, sure. Would it? Would you be willing to share, like, what what kind of inspired you to bounce back? You know, oh, after it's it was a, um, yeah. Um, so I spent my entire adult life as a real estate investor, developer, trainer, and I'd wrap my like most men, we we really associate our self worth with what we do. And when what we do is taken away from us or vanishes by some other, what are we left with? You know, when I was going through therapy, my counselor, okay, who are you? Or what are you? I'm like, uh, I'm nothing now. I'm like, well, you're something. You're still here, aren't you? Yeah, but I was a real estate investor. I was a radio host. I was all these things. Now I have nothing. This is what the, what are you? You know, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, it really makes you think. And, uh, so, you know, after the, all the foreclosures, the bankruptcy, the, um, you know, the, um, I had the, you know, pistol sitting on my desk with a hollow point bullet and it just sitting there for longer than a week. And uh, obviously I'm here, I didn't eat it, but it sat there. It wasn't one of those thoughts where you're so angry or de- uh, depressed, the thought comes and goes in a split second. The thought stayed and lingered for a while. Um, Uh, what brought me out was a spiritual connection. You know, if you don't mind going there, I mean, I'm, I was an atheist and I'm not a Bible thump or anything, but I was, you know, thinking about killing myself and looking, walking on the street after a good friend took away my, my pistol and looking at ongoing traffic. And I started walking this, this track and I was crying my eyes out from depression and look up at the trees and I said, okay, fine. If you're there, you know, you know, give me a sign, you know? And so I felt something and uh, cried a little bit more. And I apologized for, you know, not talking to God for 30 some years. And he laughed at me, he said, ah, 30 years is nothing in God time. You know, I've been around forever. So um, that was what prevented me from, uh, you know, stepping in front of a truck. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, sure. Yeah. I, I know it's a, Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm really just reeling from from hearing that story still. <laughs> That's awesome, uh, man. All right, well, yeah. I, I I do have follow up questions. Those have to come back to me. So, go That's ahead. Right. Oh, actually, I'm glad I was able to ask you. I'm glad I was able to make you go. Whoa, you know, I could I could be more dramatic and put a pause there if I just roll, <laughs> roll, roll, roll through what happened. Like, oh well, I didn't really thought about it, but that's what happened. You can definitely deliver it any way you'd like. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Go ahead and just throw me another number. Okay. Um, 30. 30. Uh, when was the last time you forgave yourself? Ooh. 
forgiveness, man, that's a big one, you know? I'm, I'm always focused on forgiving other people, but forgive myself is the hardest thing to do. After my big dip, it took me like close to a decade to forgive myself. I was really pissed off at the, how I'd screwed up my life and my family, my, my real estate empire, my savings, everything. I was like, oh, we went dork. Um, that was the last big one that I did. And finally I forgave myself for, you know, screwing that up. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm generally too busy forgiving my, my staff for their mistakes or my, uh, my customers who are pissing off my staff. If I have a couple of customers who are, most of them are just wonderful people. Occasionally, you know, you get somebody in there who's not so, not so polite to them. And I always treat them with love and say, Hey man, he just, maybe he's going through a bad day. Who knows? Don't worry about it. You know, let it, let it go. Don't take it personally. So, um, forgive myself. The biggest one was, yeah, back in 2009, um, that's the last big one I can imagine. Other than that, I'd, I haven't thought about it for myself too much. I hear you. Uh, I'm definitely, I think, in the process of forgiving myself. And Oh, yeah. well, there's a book you should get. It's called Radical Forgiveness by Colin Tipping. Radical Forgiveness. Okay. Radical Forgiveness. I didn't need to even finish this book because the guy uses the idea of forgiving Hitler as his theme in the book the first the first thing he introduces is that or well it's, it's a main it's a main thread he puts in the book if you could if you can use these tools and systems and things to do to forgive hitler then you're on your way you can actually have a because you, you you understand forgiveness right forgiveness when you're angry at somebody or don't forgive them they're not even thinking about you you're only damaging yourself There's, what's the old expression um it, with, when you're throwing a hot coal, you first burn your own hand. So forgiveness, it should be intuitive first. We should say, oh, well, you know, I don't have to trust you, but I can forgive you because I'm carrying the act of non-forgiving forgiving in me. It's only hurting me. It never hurts the other person. Hmm. Hitler's dead. Of course I can forgive him. It's like, well, you know, he was raised wrong, whatever. I mean, I'm sure he was a baby. You know, and it was a cute little baby before he murdered, you know, six million people. But uh, the, the the concept of forgiveness, um, it's hard to forgive yourself, right? So, but that's a great book. To, I mean, I'm not going to give away all the stuff inside it, but it's a good one. I would highly recommend it to anybody that struggles with forgiveness. I have a couple of um, clients who are working on books about unconditional love. And we interview people who um like one woman who lost her husband and her daughter to a terrorist attack um i talked to another woman who was or her son was killed at sandy hook and both these people forgiveness like within 24 hours of losing their 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 family right in the mode like whoa how do you do that so fast yes yeah. especially uh, listen to them story we'll talk about him being being um stymied when someone's talking to you you know i'm talking to you know uh, Scarlett Lewis, who lost her son at Sandy Hook, and, and I'm just like, I, you know, she's reliving it like moment by moment. What her son did before he went to school that day. He wrote on a chalkboard, you know, uh, healing love on a chalkboard before he went to school that day. And uh, and she's the only parent at the time that right away said there were 31, not 29 victims, because she included the shooter and the shooter's mom, who also was killed by the shooter. And she included them because they were also victims of not having unconditional healing love. 
And so she started her foundation and her son's name over this stuff. And they've, she's spoken to hundreds of schools. And it's, she is way above the spiteful, revenge-seething human beings that most of us are. It's a great aspiration to be uh, a forgiving person. You got to let me know when that book comes out uh, yeah. in the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead and uh, throw me another number. Uh, another number. Um, 12. 12. Are you your own best friend? No. No. I have, a, I have, I have other best friends of me. I have people. I have, a, I have a, you know, small group of people who are my best friends. I'm, I'm good to myself. You know, I... I I eat right. I exercise, train every day. I, I take care of my clients, but my best friends are, are the ones that got my back when I forget about it, or they'll point out things to me that I need to have pointed out to me that I wouldn't do on my own. Um, no, I'm not my own best friend. I have, I have real ones, or other ones are real, but <laughs> other, other people who are my best friends. What would you say is the difference between a best friend and a regular friend? Um, a regular friend is an acquaintance, somebody that you could pick up the phone and talk to. A best friend helps you move or or drives you to the hospital for knee surgery or um, is on your side when someone uh, disrespects you. Um, there's a lot of little things that a best friend does that are over and above what a regular friend would do. And it's, it's really a lot to do with proximity and if they know what's going on. Um, uh a best friend um, thinks about you and you know it. Yeah. For sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to throw you a curveball right now. Go for it. Curve gonna, away. It's going to be a fill in the blank question. All right. As long as I'm spelling, we're good. <laughs> for you, it's uh, I'm too young to blank. I'm too young to die. <laughs> I'm too young to retire. I can keep going. I am, uh, I'm too young to retire. That's the one that I've seen people my age, a lot of my classmates retiring, uh, family members, friends. And you know the stats in this. You see people retire and a lot of them, like they die within a couple of years. They've lost purpose in their life. I will never retire, ever. It's like settling down. I'm like, what do I want to settle down for? Life is meant to be lived fully, openly, vibrantly, fully. If you're not doing that, why, why, why take up space? So yeah, I'm too young to retire. I retire when I'm dead. For sure, for sure. I, I have the same mentality. Um, my my pops though, he he's been really looking forward to retirement. And um, it's one of those things where I'm trying to let him know. And even his his brother told him, like, you know, once you retire, you really got to fill up your time with something. And sometimes it's difficult, especially if you've been at the same job for such a long time. And it feels like your identity and your worth is kind of tied to that. Um, so depends on your personality, your generation. You know, my brother-in-law and brother both retired, having a time of their life. They're playing with their grandkids. They're volunteering. They're they're definitely enjoying it. They're um, they're being they're being active. My dad been retired for, oh my gosh, almost 30 years. He's still kicking, doing great. He's, um, yeah. So it depends on your personality, really. And uh, like you said, lifestyle. And, and I think also generationally, it's different for 
yeah, sometimes it's cultural, you know. Uh, yeah, that difference yeah. as well, uh, yeah. for sure. Go ahead and uh, throw me another number. Okay, I have to remember what number I haven't chosen. Ah, twenty-one is a popular number. Let's go twenty-one. Twenty-one. Yeah. What do you pray for? Ah, uh, great question. Um, I pray for strength. I pray for um wisdom. But mainly, I don't pray for anything. The most important thing; those are like the ancillary ones. The most important thing I pray for, I, I, I have a hard time with like um, negotiating with God. Like, oh, if you give me this, I'll give you that, or I'll be a good. Or can you please give me something? Give me, give me, give me. Right. So when I generally get into my meditation prayer, I don't ask for a darn thing. I just put out love and joy. So my prayer is not an ask. It's a give. I gotcha. Yeah. You know, uh, personally, for me, I uh, when I do pray, and I will say, you know, at my lowest moments, uh, yeah. there is that bargaining that comes out. But we all do that, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I guess on, on the daily, I, I like to give gratitude. So yeah, I, I don't say it too much. It's just a thank you. Um, but yeah, an acknowledgement. Yeah. Um, you spoke about spirituality earlier. Mm-hmm. Would you consider yourself, uh, is spirituality the same as being religious or? Absolutely not. (laughs) No way. In my opinion, no disrespect to the, you know, the big religions of the planet. People need their structure. They need their, their, uh, their rituals and all that stuff. I do not need any of that. I, I don't need buildings. I don't need to stand up, sit down, read stuff, sing songs. I can just sit meditate and and connect with God and the universe and, and know that I'm uh, connected to something much bigger than me That's, and, and and lead a good life and leave it better than when I came. So, you know, everything you need to know is the golden rule, if you think about it. What else do you need? I don't need anything else. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Uh, well, how would you say, uh, I guess, do you have like, a more personal view of your spirituality versus you know being a part of a group that has yeah. a similar view yeah it's a strange thing i think you'll appreciate this but I've, it sounds goofy right but i i think the they summed it up in star wars quite frankly fairly easily the force it binds us it's all of us rocks trees birds people it's all nature it's all and if you think about it from a you know physics standpoint um there is nothing right we're all just energy if you remove the distance between an electron and a neutron and all you have is those little particles the entire actually you could fit five earths in a tablespoon that's how much matter is actually in existence five earths in a tablespoon so that means all this stuff is just energy. So that's why I'm, I, you know, I'm a movie fan, Star Wars. But when I talk about the Force and the way they believe it, I don't know about midi chlorians and and you know pulling spaceships out of swamps. But in terms of the um, all-encompassing force that binds us, you know, I, love tends to come to mind. Love is attraction. Love could be considered gravity and the thing that binds us all. So, yeah, I, I, I. I I believe in the force. <laughs> That's goofy as it sounds. 
I think it's out there too. Energy. We're all, we're all yeah. just, just, you know, energy. And that's, that's just physics. That's just, that's, that's just straight up physics, right? There's, there's almost no such thing as matter. It's all energy. So if it's all energy, then, you know, what's the difference between a frog and a toad? DNA, what's DNA made up of? Molecules, what's made up? Atoms, what's made up? You know, it's energy. It doesn't matter. I know you said uh, you like to stay out of the drama. Um, I'm yeah. not. I'm not sure if this also meant that you don't like to kind of waste your time on things that we really have, don't have answers to. But what would you say is out there in the universe? Uh, that's a good one. No, uh, I love questions. I love things. I, that's not drama. That's curiosity. Huge difference, right? I don't. I don't get involved, or I don't spend any time on the car crash that happened five miles from my house, or unfortunately, you know the. The 80 people that got killed in a building somewhere in the Middle East today. I'm, you know, I I don't participate in that, so I'm blissfully unaware. I'm not, I'm not dispassionate. I, I it's tragic, um, but curiosity about what's out there, man, that blows your mind when you think about, you know, what a light year really is. You know, and what an Alpha Centauri is like, well, three and a half light years away or something like that. But there's other galaxies which are you know millions of light years away the light that's getting to us was generated millions of years ago you know and that just blows your mind it's like whoa and my dad and i have this conversation it's like well we talk about the you know the universe how, how incredibly immense it is and then our mind gets blown with like well what's beyond that and what's beyond that because we think in a linear fashion like well is there a wall? It's like, no, because there was a wall. What's behind the wall? So that's where the whole, you know, if you're a you know, Stephen Hawking fan, you go, well, maybe space is actually time. You know, there's, there's a big correlation between that because our brains, our puny brains cannot <laughs> conceive of anything that is infinite. Right. Everything is very static and physical and three dimensional. And I, I can see this little room right here. I can't see two. I can't see a block away. And I can't see them a million light years away because my my puny brain only sees this. But we think about it. We go, whoa, there's a thing that's infinite. Yeah. And you're in it. Blows me away. I'm um, yeah. curious on your thoughts about one of my theories. Uh, I'm not yeah. saying it's right. I just have this idea because. Oh, good. So the universe, um, you talked about having walls and. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, what if there was, and these walls were like reflections, and so like two mirrors together looks infinite, and that's kind of what we see if, if you know. Um, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> I'll never know, but uh, it just- What if it's not infinite? What if it's just a reflection on something? But then my my, my spatial mind still goes, well, what's, pat, what's behind the mirrors, you know? <laughs> I'm still gonna go, okay, this, that's a linear a linear concept. That's why I have to go with something that's fourth, fourth dimensional because the three-dimensional equation does not compute for infinity. Oh, that no. means it's like it's, it's growing, right? So it's got to be something beyond our comprehension of physics. You know, they talk about the the universal theory. What is the universal theory? You know, what's one thing that, that connects everything? They they haven't come up with it. You know, I I have a I have a guess. I think it's love because you can't measure it. You can't quantify it, and it's attraction. Like all the planets are attracted, and there's a, you know magnetic fields, and there's expansion and attraction. Universe, it's all things in motion and attraction. And I keep thinking, well, love is attraction, so maybe it's that. Maybe yeah. You, you can't. I can't. I can't put that into equation, which would mess up a, any uh, respected you know physicist, of course. So. 
um, j- just to answer what your question about what could be on the other side of that mirror. Yeah. For yeah. me, that's a parallel universes or different timelines or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, based on decisions or events. But yeah. Timelines, timelines. See, it's back to time. It's got to be outside of the three dimensional space thing because it's, it's it messes your head up. But yeah, all universe is a great idea. I love I love any movies have to do with um, you know, time travel. That's always a sexy topic, you know, and shaking your hands with yourself or you know, <laughs> yeah. And any uh any particular movie you'd want to recommend? I might have not. Oh seen my it. gosh, there was a oh my gosh, there was a cute one I just saw. I forget the name, but I'm so sorry. It was it was on Netflix. It's a British movie. Um, it's not maybe it's called In Time. Um, and his dad goes to his son one day, he turns 18 as well. Son, I got something to tell you. It's like all the men in our family can time travel. And it's not a, it's not a space movie. It's, it's a, it's a family movie. It's really cute. Um, look it up. Just, you know, Google British movie time travel. It might be called in time. I have to take a look, but it's, um, very well done flick. I was very surprised. It wasn't, you know, no, no car chases, no, uh, no sci-fi. It's just these people in this British town that can time travel. And he does some really interesting things with this, with his abilities. So that's a good one. Netflix. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll check yeah. that out. Um, have you ever heard of the movie called chaos theory? No. Are you familiar with chaos theory? A little bit. Just from what Jeff Goldblum taught me in Jurassic Park. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's an early, no, I wouldn't even say super early, but, um, two 2010s, uh, mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds movie. Oh, okay. Um, but it was, it was, it was cool. Cause it, it was about how his life changed just because he was five minutes late to something. Oh, and, cool. Uh, yeah. So I thought it was pretty cool. Cause they showed both parts of like what, what would happen if he missed it and what would happen if he didn't and how, how oh, much I his like life that. changed. Um, I watched that one. Thank you. Chaos theory. Yeah. Noted. No problem. Yeah, uh, good. Let's jump into some more numbers. Go ahead. All right. One. Go with 11. 11. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you cried and why? When a week after my mom died, for obvious reasons. Um, I, um, I mentioned earlier at the beginning of our show that I've been to 42 countries in all seven continents. And um, I took my son around the world after graduating college because he didn't know what to do. So we went, on, went around the world, I think two times actually went to. Thailand, uh, India, Egypt, Greece, Italy, France, uh, we went all over the place. Um, my last stop was Cleveland, Ohio, where I basically took a year off business to hang out with my parents. So I was able to spend a lot of time with them in their later years. And mom and dad are depression people, right? They grew up with depression, very concerned with money, you know, very, very good stewards of their, of their, of their, of their finances. And they, you know, when I'm living there with them over that year, Oh, we're going to talk about your inheritance and stuff. Like, oh my gosh, stop talking about that. Every time you talk about inheritance, it means you're gone. I don't want to hear it. Why don't you spend your own money? We don't need your money. We're all kids are doing fine. Don't spend on yourself. Well, we don't like spending money, Doug. It's not the way we're raised. So being a good salesperson, I rephrased the question. I said, mom, if you had to spend some of your money, what would you do? I always want to go to Antarctica. Boom, let's book it. So I took my 88-year-old mother time to Antarctica on a on a Polish research vessel that got converted into a you know tourist boat. You know, it was 120 foot boat or something like that. Um, time of our life, penguins, you know, whales, seals, great time. Um, so spend time with her, and then you know, 
they moved on to Charleston. Um, mom got Alzheimer's and just passed away like a month and a half, two months ago. That's the last time I cried. Hey, thank you for sharing that story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alzheimer's uh, runs through through my family too. I think yeah. uh, on both sides of my family, it's kind of a it's in our genetics. Uh, it's a it's a strange disease. I um, it's hard to deal with sometimes. What they say the um. Alzheimer's is harder on the family and cancer is harder on the patient, right? Because cancer, we sort of see it and we're not experiencing the pain, but as Alzheimer's, like we're losing, you kind of feel like you're losing the soul of your, of your parent or something. Yeah. Um, I, I just kept joking with my mom to the end. I didn't, I didn't treat her any differently. You know, she's banging her shopping cart into the grocery store. I just say, that's what we took away your license, mom. So you can't drive anymore. She hated that, but I was joking with her all the time and made her, I made her laugh. So it didn't matter what she was thinking or not thinking. I could still, I still got her with a little bit of humor mm. um, the last year. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Honestly, it's, it's something that I think about as far as how I'm going to deal with it. Um, and yeah, yeah uh, still, I haven't, <clears throat> I haven't crossed that bridge yet. So yeah, uh, you're still young. You don't worry about it. Try not to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Go ahead and uh, throw me another number. Another number? Um, 18. 18. When was a time when you felt like you had enough? <laughs> uh, 30 days into the pandemic. <laughs> and, and, and throughout, like, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm respectful of, of a variety of opinions, but man, sometimes I could, I, I that's why I, I you know, I didn't watch the news to begin with. I turned, I tuned in during 9-11 and I tuned in for maybe every few days for about 10 minutes during the first month or two of the pandemic. And like, this is just ridiculous. I just shut it off. But yeah, that's one thing that uh, was hard to tolerate. What would you say has been the biggest positive for you out of this, uh, <laughs> this era? <laughs> my, my business, my business increased 300% last year. <laughs> you know, I had, um, when the pandemic broke out, um, I had no new clients for 44 days. And I wasn't watching news, mind you. I tuned in a little bit, but like, okay. But I'm still like agitated, sort of pissed off at what's going on. I'm like, why? I don't come on. So I went for a long bike ride one day and I'm looking at the trees and the birds. I'm like, hold on. I'm out my bike. No one's making me wear a mask. I don't want a bike trail. The birds are singing, the trees are blowing in the breeze. They don't participate in the virus. The birds don't even know what it is. The trees don't care. I'm going to stay with these guys. This is back to the the, the forest and the Yoda. I'm like, no, I'm going to hang out with nature. You people with your drama and your TV and stuff, I don't need you. I'm going to hang out with nature. That's I'm like, I made a decision right then and there. Now, of course, I couldn't run a business from the woods. So I was like, okay, I, I love this bubble, but I can't. How Maybe I can bring the bubble back with me. That's what I decided to do. So I called my social media manager. I said, hey, Ken, uh, change a password on all my social media accounts and don't give it to me for 30 days. And he did it, because I couldn't trust myself. I'd go on that thing, at, I, oh, Doug's not watching news, but I'm on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and looking at stuff. So when I got rid of all of that and just focused on my clients and myself, business went through the roof. Wow. Yeah. For sure. Oh, I'm yeah. glad to hear you're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gonna throw you another curveball at this time. Curve away. 
uh, it's going to be a shout out question. So huh. feel free to give someone props. Um, but the, the question is, have you ever had a favorite teacher, coach or mentor? My favorite uh, mentor is my father, who I just left um, uh, a couple hours ago. Um, 95 is going to be 96th in July. And I'm going over there recording his life story for his upcoming book, right? That's my mentor. My favorite teacher was Mr. Kunis, uh, who taught geometry and really talked about geometry in school. And uh, as far as coaches go, uh, wow. You know, I wasn't really into group sports, but um, my, uh, my karate instructor was a pretty cool guy. He's a pretty cool guy. He, he had nicknames for people and stuff. He, he taught me a lot about discipline and, and fitness and flexibility. So that's it. Coach, mentor. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Would you, what would you say? Are, are you more like your mom or your dad? Well, you know, nature and nurture. I've got, I've got the best qualities of both those people, right? My mom's sense of adventure, hands down, that's me. My dad's sense of humor and, and, and loving everybody regardless of anything. That's him. And my mom did that too. We're very uh, colorblind and accepted people of, of different uh, backgrounds, everything. Um, my dad's sense of humor, uh, which is, you know, rarely appropriate for, you know, families. <laughs> and my mom's sense of adventure. So, yeah, I get the best of both those two people for sure. Uh, yeah. What would you say is uh, the most important advice that they've passed on to you? Advice? Advice. If they've had any. Or... Boy, um, well, my dad, you know, I was going through a bunch of videos I recorded on him and I asked him that question. Dad, what's the best? What did your dad teach you? What was the, What did he do? To, what did he say to you to make you the man that you are today? And his first answer was he goes, well, there's a lot of things that are um, variable in the world, a lot of gray areas. But there's one area which is not never hit a woman ever. No excuse, no reason, zero. It is not acceptable under any circumstances to hit a woman. I'm like, all right, done. You can run away, you know, you can, you can, you know, call the police, you can do things, but you are not allowed to hit her. Even if she hits you first, absolutely. Not number one, not gonna hold up in court, you're gonna go away. And number two, it's just it's just you're just not a gentleman. So just just not even it's not an option. So I told my son that too. And yes, yeah, it's, it's important. That's one piece of advice for my dad. And my mom's advice, I mean, she she was the adventurer's, adventurous one. So it was all like, you know, you can do anything you set your mind to. And uh, as a young boy and even as an adult, I had uh, a lot of businesses I've done and set up over the years. And uh, I don't know, about eight or 10 years ago, she said, I collect all your business cards, Doug. And she had a stack of about 25, 30 <laughs> things that I'd done in my life. From age like 13 all the way up to present day, I'm like, okay, thank you. Yeah, I know. Serial entrepreneur was not a term back in the 70s, but it is now. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I'm growing yeah. my own collection at, at the moment as well. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but you know, it's, it's all about the journey. Um, yeah. Go ahead and uh, throw me another number. Another number. Oh, how about um, 10? 10. What words do you need to hear? Oh, I look back to my love language, words of affirmation. I really appreciate you. You did a great job. How can I give you a referral? Um, you've changed my life. You've improved my business. Those types of affirmations, affirm affirmations from 
clients or even friends are always um, appreciated. Yeah. Um, other words I'd like to hear, don't need to hear, would be, um, uh, you know, you can travel freely now. <laughs> you don't need to have a, a rapid PCR test. That'd be nice to hear. For sure. Uh, well, I'll tell you right now, you, you've been an awesome guest. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. So, well, that's that's my words of affirmation for you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, go ahead and throw me another number. Um, let's see. How about uh, 29? 29. I think I know the answer to this one, but uh, okay. do you believe in yourself? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%, no, uh, no doubt. I have moments of fear um, and moments of slight doubt, but those don't last more than, you know, a few seconds. When when something goes sideways, you're like, oh, darn it, is that going to work? It's like, well, it might not, but you will, right? So I always, you know, adapt and pivot to whatever, whatever life throws at me. So, yeah, I believe myself. Um, for, for myself, I, ha- I do have this irrational uh, confidence or belief that I'm meant to do something <laughs> within media or, you know, connecting with people. But yeah. like I said earlier, I'm also I, I, I can't help but be realistic and be a little more pessimistic about, you know, my situation. But for, for would you say I should just drop that and fully embrace the irrational belief and confidence? <laughs> Think irrational belief right think about think when you when you say hey i, I think i'm, I'm going to do something in media and you think like it could go big i, I could have a, a million people watching me and then those moments of doubt oh, who am i those moments of doubt are part of your limbic brain right they're designed to keep you safe fight or flight um every decision we make bar none is based on our primitive brain not our cognitive thoughts so when you have a doubtful thought, before you even answer it, ask yourself one more question. How does that serve me, that thought? Where does it come from? Three questions. How does it serve me? Where does it come from? And where is it? Where, what is it rooted in? If you said, oh, I probably, am I dreaming too big? So by pulling back, am I going to be safer? Because it won't disappoint myself or others? You know, that takes the same amount of energy to think about making $100 versus $1,000 or $100,000. It's the same synaptic thing in your brain. So why not think big? You know, David Schwartz's book, The Magic of Thinking Big, classic book from the, I think the 50s. Stuff in there. So it's hard to sometimes drop it out because I said you're not in charge of that. It's it's um, subconscious level thoughts, fight or flight, primitive brain. We don't control that. It's just in us. You know, an actual crocodile doesn't think things. He just acts, they say instinctively. They call it a croc brain. So when you have those thoughts of confidence, that's, yeah, I can do it. Is that based on belief or something you've actually done or reading somebody else's testimony? When you have doubtful thoughts, is that based on something you haven't done? Someone's testimony or you know, something you've experienced where it didn't work for you. You know, it's it's your choice, but I've always said imagination is a great thing unless you waste it on negativity, then it's a waste mm-hmm. of imagination. 
I got you. I got you. Thank you for dropping some knowledge on us. You uh, just a heads up, we have about 10 minutes left in the podcast. Uh, All right. Again, super very uh, gracious that you came by to stop by and uh, share yeah. your story. Mm-hmm. My pleasure. Go ahead and throw have me a number? number. Yeah, yes, sir. 14. 14. How could you be kinder to yourself? Ooh, wow. I could, um, I could not run on a, on a strained knee. I could, um, I'm learning to be more patient myself. The problem with society and business and culture nowadays, everything happens so quickly, right? We have to pick up our phone instantly. We've got to expect things happen instantly. It's, uh, you know, Uber eats and, and Uber, if Uber's five minutes late, what's going on? You know, you don't have to, everything happens so quickly. So, when I think of an idea for business or want to get a book written for a client or want to solve their marketing solution, my mind can solve it instantly. And then reality kicks in and say, like, Doug, this is a six month project. This is, this is going to take us three months just to get the interviews done for this guy's book or to get the marketing alliance partners we need for him. It's going to take, you know, six months of building those relationships with fortune 500 companies in order to have them sponsor his, his program. So patience, is um, something I'm always working on. And uh, I've gotten much better, I will say that. I remember uh, years ago, you know, I was not very patient at all. And I've even told my staff from two years ago to today, I said, well, this is gonna be a one-year project. Normally I'd say, two weeks, we're gonna get this done. And I was like, (laughs) okay, this one's two weeks, this one we're gonna give ourselves six or even 12 months, it's okay, because it's gonna gonna be a big deal. And it's related to media, by the way, so yeah. For sure, for sure. Mm Uh, this next question is just more so some yeah. advice that I, I'm seeking for. Uh, one, sure. of the, one of the things I struggle with when it comes to trying to create a project or business is recruiting a team um, mm. because I almost feel like I'm responsible for their time and you know what they're going to be getting out of it if they participate. Uh, so how do you, if you ever dealt with those kind of doubts or uh, how did you do yeah. that? Um, there's an old saying in parenting, um, you, uh, when, when, when you're, when you have a child, you're responsible for them. When that child becomes an adult, you're responsible to them. So when I'm hiring staff and we've got a pretty decent sized full-time staff and part-timers with us total of like, you know, 20 some people, um, I'm not the best recruiter. Because I believe everybody. I'm like, oh, you do that? Great. We're hired. You know, let's go. Because I'm positive, right? Greatest strength is greatest weakness. So my um, my partner in my business, is she's got a beautiful balance of left brain, right brain, um, loving skepticism. She's, she's amazing. So I'll say, hey, let's go ahead and, and recruit this position we need. And then um, my operations gal and she will go and they'll filter it down to the top three or four candidates. And the last time we did this, they had the top three candidates. And uh, when we went to, when I went to interview those top three, one of them had to cancel. She had a medical emergency with her mom so she could make it. So I'm down with two people. And because I love people so much, I'm like, hire them both. <laughs> so we hired them both. I'm like, I, I can't decide. Um, let's just hire both. We'll get, there's plenty of work to do. So we did. And they both turned out to be lovely, lovely women from the Philippines. Um, super smart. Um, one of them is a former airline attendant. Other one's a great writer. Um, 
And uh, I couldn't be more happy with the team I built. And it wasn't an easy, straight trajectory. There's a lot of bumps along the way. But um, yeah, trusting people, it's old Reagan thing. Trust but verify. Yeah, I believe what you say. Now let me see you do the work and we'll just double check that. So um, again, I would say the biggest thing to do in recruiting is um, patience. Um, I had a friend of mine who's, um, his company, he sold it for $100 million. And I, I went and talked to him one day about business and I said you know what's the key to success Mark and he said well don't expect anybody to perform um, uh, beyond 80% of what you expect mm. he said you're the owner no one's gonna no one's gonna outwork you so don't didn't get close to that but even whatever your expectations are whatever those are don't expect it to be anything above 80% of what you actually think because, you know, you're the owner and no one has as much vested interest as you, you own it. You're, I'm responsible for their salaries and their family. So it's, it's important to me to keep things going. But the um, patience with people and believing them and encouraging them, like you said, asking their love language, you know, I did it. We did a very pretty deep personality profile on all of our team members to show which, what do they respond to best. So when I'm talking to them one-on-one, -on -one, I know who to compliment and how. And it's, it's always sincere, mind you. I don't do uh, insincere flattery. If they screwed up, they screw up. I tell them. But um, they, don't, they normally know it anyway. Mm -hmm. But it comes to, um, you know, serving their, their needs. It's not just salary, for sure. People have a need for belonging, affirmation, um, contributing. There's a lot of needs that an employee has. So you got to understand what those are for that, that, that suits them and fill it. Would you say that's a... That's that's improved like your experience as far as building a team, having that the cycle like personality uh, kind of profile of your of an, an applicant. Yeah, personality profiles help. The biggest thing was having my um, you know, my, my CFO do the hiring because she's she's brilliant <laughs> at, at sniffing out the the fakers. Like I hired a sales associate um, a year and a half ago. Ah, she sounded good and everything's going well and she's doing her job and. And, you know, Jen didn't trust her. She's like, ah, there's something wrong with her. I'm like, oh, she's doing fine. Don't worry about it. And so she does a little surfing, finds out she's working for two other companies as, as well as ours full time. Oh. And uh, yeah, so, so you kind of embezzle some. Like, okay. Uh, I got I'll you. Try. I got and you. She says, from now on, dog, I'm going to screen. Yeah, you screen them and I'll, I'll do the last the last call. That's fine. Wow. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you for yeah. that story. Uh, you bet. <laughs> We made it to the concluding portion of the podcast. Uh, got some uh, closeout questions for you. Uh, this right. this next one is from my previous guest. Uh, shout out to Candy. Her question for you is: When was the last time you couldn't fall asleep, and what kept you up? It was uh, about four or five nights ago. And for the life of me, I'm not stressed. Um, I work out consistently. I don't know what kept me up. That's the honest answer. Mm. Um, a month prior to be my mom's passing, I'm sure that would probably be something that kept me up. I had a couple of nightmares and stuff like that. You know, I had self dreams about her. Um, but the one four nights ago, I couldn't tell you what it was. Maybe I was excited. Most people get anxious because they're nervous about something. I was probably excited about something. I couldn't sleep. I don't know. <laughs> I fall asleep, but then I wake up at like one or three or something. So. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, well Candy. I'm glad it wasn't uh, anything, you know, too negative. Nah. Um, 
then next question is what would you like to ask the next guest that comes on to 34 questions ah okay great um at some point in your life miss or miss guest um you've had a really big dream or idea or goal and you chose to set it aside for later or not do it do you realize that someday you're going to be dead so ask yourself this question do you not do you know when you're going to die no the bottom line question is you had a big dream or goal why aren't you do working on it right now and answer that question for yourself why are you not working on it right now and say it on the air and and then and then you'll be accountable to flipping that off and, and going for it <laughs> i gotcha i like it i like it yeah. uh, i'm just curious which guest is going to be uh answering your question <laughs> I'd, I'd love to hear it so make sure you let me know send me an email i'd like to hear what they say we'll do we'll do yeah uh and, and if it, Go ahead. No, no, no. I was gonna say if, if any if anybody's listening and has a big goal, it relates to their business or um, you know want to put a book out. My company helps people take their idea, their story, their message, make it into a best-selling book and a platform, and they don't have to write a word. Um, and I've got a, a complimentary assessment for them, where I actually get on the phone and walk through their idea and help them build it up. There's no charge to this. It's just something I do because I enjoy hearing people's stories. But you can uh, get this this service, actually, it's, it takes about 20 minutes, um, by going to go.realbestseller.com and just read that and click on it and we'll take your idea and see if it's worthy of a book or not. That sounds pretty bananas to me. <laughs> it's a uh, lot of fun. It's not a checklist. It's not a blueprint. It's actually me and an assessment and we go through it. And it's a whole lot of fun. So it's go.realbestseller.com sure uh you, you'll probably see an email from me soon <laughs> outstanding but um and my very last question for you is uh yes. 500 years from now your descendants are watching this video what would you like to say to them um we didn't screw things up too badly did we <laughs> sorry about the debt i had no part of that <laughs> i really i'm really sorry about that but you're all on on you know fifth dimensional crypto knowledge don't worry about it. we we used paper back in the day and credit cards i know it sounds weird to you guys but yeah it was it was strange yeah i'm glad facebook's gone too by the way thank you very much for that we had a good time when it was around <laughs> for sure for sure uh any last things uh you, you want to say or like but besides the, the 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 one site you were just shouting out any other yeah now besides if somebody wants to tell a story in a book you know i'm happy to help them out I want to uh, compliment you, quite frankly, because um, I had my own radio show back in ABC in the uh, uh, in Chicago for a period of time, um, and I've done plenty of interviews for my clients, obviously for their books. I'm a journalist with Associated Press, and your questions that you put in in this format for this show, with your I hope you don't mind, but I actually used some of them to interview my own father for his life story, because when you're 95, you tend to go back and go through the linear historical progression of your life but able to drop in these zingers about values and love language other things this is going to make a much better book and his story to share with his great grandkids someday so i want to thank you for providing such wonderful questions to make us all think more achieve more and be better people good job 
that's a thank you for the kind you words bet. um that definitely helps me a lot more than people realize sometimes but uh yeah I'm, I'm glad you were able to use the questions um in your life and for for the people that you care about because that's what it is uh you know if uh, hopefully one day i can you know what, what you're doing with your father I, I would like to do for the masses you know and uh kind of record those stories one day yeah um step by step and thank yeah. you again um for stopping by uh, want to thank all the folks out there for checking out the show whether it's on Spotify Apple Apple Podcasts or on YouTube appreciate your time as well uh, and reach out reach forward as always much love and we'll catch you next time on 34 Questions thank you